What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks show. Indeed it is, John. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina, <laughs> as we get ready for Adelia. I think that's how you pronounce it. Adelia, Adelia, hurricane, tropical storm, whatever it is, it's on its way here, folks. Uh, get ready. Today is Tuesday, August the 29th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is episode 917 of the Brian Hank show presented by Lenore community college. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, while they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game, we have got you a great show here for you today, and it begins with our regular Tuesday guest in less than 20 minutes. He's the news editor of the best dang local newspaper in the state of North Carolina. It's Richard Clark of the Carteret County News Times at carolinacoastonline.com. We have got a lot to talk to him about as you know we've been doing a ceiling floor we started that with him last week we did the uh nfc east the afc east and if you're wondering what is ceiling floor well it's exactly what it sounds like uh we get uh richard clark on the line with us and we go team by team in a division and he tells us why he thinks for instance i'll give you an example we did the nfc east and afc east last week uh uh Philadelphia picked to finish uh, first in that division. They are, uh, according to VegasInsider.com, plus 100. Dallas picked second at plus 175. New York Giants at plus 600. Washington at plus 1,000. And had Rich go through and pick the ceiling floor, what he thought was the best possible record each team could have. What was the worst possible record if everything falls apart for them that he thinks they could have? Uh, he had uh, Dallas actually. He's picking. He's a big Cowboys fan, but he uh, and he's usually he's that typical fan too. And I'm not talking about just a Dallas fan. He's actually a pretty good fan. But uh, he picked Dallas to win. He said their ceiling was 12 and five, but he picked their floor is five and 12. And uh, so uh, we're gonna go through each one. Well, uh, let's see. Philadelphia had 12 and five as their ceiling. Nine and eight is their floor. The New York Giant actually he picked the uh, Washington commanders to be the third place team, the NFC East. He had their ceiling at 11 and six and their floor at six and 11. He has the giants finishing last in that division and at 10 and seven and five and 12. So that's how we do that. And uh, then at the end of the season, maybe midway through the season, we'll see how he's doing and compare it to, uh, to what his picks were. And we'll go from there. And today we're going to do the uh, NFC North in the AFC North. So uh, pretty excited about that. It's, it's a lot of fun. He's also uh, our uh, NBA hoops expert and all that. And that's right. Yes, it's August 29th, but we have high-level basketball taking place. In fact, right now as we speak, uh, as the uh, FIBA World Cup is taking place over in the Far East, in the Philippines, I believe in the Koreas even, 
But uh, the United States has played two games, including uh, a game that started yesterday at the tail end of our show. It started about 8.37 while we were doing the birthday game. So we got to watch a little bit of that game. Uh, or in fact, I ended up watching the entire game yesterday. So uh, there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to Rich about that in our first hour about uh, FIBA. And we'll probably make some NASCAR in there, too. He's a big NASCAR fan. I, our our guy, uh, Richard Clark, he's a renaissance man. He, he watches a little bit of everything. And uh, you heard us talking to Panicelli yesterday about the uh, the big wreck that was at Daytona and then, you know, the – the teams that made it into uh, the championship race, I might even get a, might even squeeze a little uh, NASCAR out of the Richard uh, Clark toothpaste tube. Okay, that didn't sound right, but you know what I mean. Uh, so uh, there you go. That's Richard Clark in our first hour. And then, man, we got a treat for you in the second hour. If you are a fantasy football fan, and I know a lot of you are because I'm in a league with a lot of you guys that listen to this show too. Uh, Drew Loftus, uh, we have him on every year, a couple of times leading up to the season. We'll have him on this week. We're going to have him on again next week as we get ready for the first week of the season. And, uh, man, some just valuable advice in the interest of full disclosure as Jonathan and I like to say, raising the curtain on the show a little bit, uh, did the interview with him yesterday afternoon. Drew, uh, is the Sunday sports editor for the New York post. He's also the fantasy madman. The man knows more about fantasy football than anyone I know, and he is a bona fide expert. Again, he writes for the New York Post. Just go to the, uh, nypost.com, search Drew Loftus, and you will see uh, some of his great work there. But uh, one of the things about Drew is he he's, uh, <laughs> I don't even know, eight, nine years ago, and we talk about this every year when we have him on, but for our first-time listeners who may not be familiar with him, he uh, – he has a lot of fantasy teams. That's about the nicest way to say it. And he's very good, very, very good, too. He's been in our Hanks League, I think, since the very beginning. Maybe he missed the first year, but he's been with us for, what, the whole 16-year run. Uh, I'm in a couple other leagues with him. In fact, drafted in a guillotine league with him last night and Paul Whittington and Ariel Epstein and Landon DeBrule and Burt Bright. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was in that uh Da, 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 da. Who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Anyway, we were uh, had a lot of fun last night. It was a good time last night drafting. In a, and if you don't know what a guillotine league is, by golly, you, you need to get to know, okay, because they are a lot of fun. The concept is, I mean, it was an 18-team draft last night. It started about 7.30. It didn't end until after 10.30. A lot of tired people, Ariel and I, were messaging back and forth during the whole thing. Paul and I were, too. Drew and I were uh, were uh, messaging, too. And it is. It's brutal. It is a brutal draft. You've not really played fantasy football until you've been in an 18-team league. Now, the concept of guillotine, though, which makes it so awesome, is uh, you're not playing against another opponent. You're basically playing not to be the last place team in the league the the first week. The team that finishes last that first week, uh, they get kicked out of the league or cut. You know, they get their uh, team thrown back into uh, the waiver wire, and you have a, a $1,000 free agent acquisition budget, which is called a fab, and then you get to uh, bid on those players from the team that got uh, that got cut from the league and then it's the whole thing starts all over in the second week all you have to do is not be the last place team i've been very lucky this is my third year now playing guillotine uh <laughs> i would love to get paul charchian 
up here on the show. He is a guy who created uh, Guillotine League. Uh, it's at guillotineleague.com. And I would love to start another league, but, man, it's just so hard to find 18 people. Uh, but uh, this league we're in, uh, like I said, Landon DeBrule runs it, uh, former uh, Kinston baseball star and our Kinston high school baseball star and just all-around good guy. Uh, just, and we have a blast. We have a blast with it. What I won it in 2021, believe it or not. I won the whole thing last year. I think I made it to the final four, the final five, and you get nothing. That's the, the beauty of this too. It's not one of these communist leagues where, Hey, if you finish six, you still get this much money. No, if you don't, if you don't make it to, I know, I think we do pay you out for the final two. Um, but uh, like I said, it, you you gotta you gotta win this whole thing to get the money, and it's awesome, and we just have a blast with it. Like I said, this is my third year. I was in uh what my first year. Like I said, I won it this league uh, that I landed the Brule runs, and then I was in another league. Got knocked out like the first week in that one, and there's nothing more depressing than uh, and we we put a lot of jelly beans in this league too. It's not a little cheap league. I mean it it it. Uh, there's a few jelly beans exchanged in this league. And uh, just uh, like I said, man, it, it is, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Uh, if you know anybody that is running one, let me know. And especially if it's through guillotineleagues.com, I've still got $30 in there that I can join somebody else's league. I'm all for it. Although, like I said, man, the draft is brutal. Imagine, I mean, a lot of you, and like I said, I bet you – Except for Pam Sheffield. I don't know. Pam, have you ever played uh, fantasy football before? I doubt you have. But uh, I know Spence has, and I know uh, a bunch of our listeners have, too, through the years. Uh, imagine, you know, a big league that I've been The biggest before this I'd ever been in was a 16-team league, and that was just – it was awful. I mean, it was just – it was so awful trying to get players. Even a 12-team league, which is, to me, the standard. Man, you get to the 15th, 16th round, I mean, you're you're starting to draft players that you just – only peripherally, no, you don't really know them. Try an 18-team league that went 14 rounds. Now, we don't draft kickers or uh, defenses uh, in that league, but you get to that 13th, 14th round. It's so funny. Paul uh, Paul Whittington uh, went to sleep. I think he dozed off before his last pick, so he had an automatic pick by the computer, and it ended up, I got I to gotta tell you this. So I'd never heard of this player before, and I know as much about fantasy football as anybody. <laughs> and he trapped somebody named Puka, P-U-K-A. I had never heard of the guy before, but he, uh, I just thought that was amazing that, uh, I mean, you get that deep. I mean, you're drafting not just say second string running backs and fourth string wide receivers. You're getting into, is this guy even going to make his team or not? But uh, it's a lot of fun. And again, the crazy thing is you get to, uh, like I said, I finished fourth last year in this league, won it a couple years ago, and you get into these uh, later rounds, and then everybody's a star. When you get down to the final five or six teams that are left in the league, I mean, everybody's a star in that league. So, anyway, wow, it took me a long time there to set up uh, our two guests that are part of the show today. Uh, but Richard Clark joining us here in less than 10 minutes now. Uh, Drew Loftus, uh, the Sunday sports editor of the New York Post and the Fantasy Madman. And again, I don't know if I went into enough details. Uh, his biggest year was eight or nine years ago when he had the most teams. He had 134 teams or something like that that year. That's right, 134 teams. This year, well, now last year was the least he's had in a number of years. He had only 39 teams last year. 
He said he's already over that now, and he's shooting for 50 this year. Uh, but you'll hear all that in our second hour as we'll kick off our second hour with uh, Drew Loftus, and then uh, we'll play the birthday game. And before you know it, the Tuesday, August the 29th edition of the Brian Hanks show will be over. Okay, I realized yesterday uh, when I finished the show, I didn't uh, do my Junius uh, update. Uh, don't forget, you can go to my Facebook page, you can go to my Twitter page, and it's uh, linked up at the top of it, uh, GoFundMe. And we are slowly, it has slowed down a little bit, but uh, still close to $30,000 that's been raised for Junius. Uh, to, in fact, exactly 28655 from 292 awesome donors. Uh, I've said this a couple of times. Uh, a few weeks ago, I talked to Larry Williford from uh, Farmville Central, and they are going to have a uh, fundraiser for him at their very first uh, basketball game. I think they're going to do a 50-50. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, Coach Williford said they're going to do that at Farmville Central because they really appreciate everything Junius has done for uh, Farmville Central through the years. I, I, as I've said several times, you know what? I need to uh, talk to David Moody and uh, the folks over at Parrot Academy. I know someone in the past six months or so or four months or so uh, told me that they are considering doing one over at Parrot Academy, and uh, I'm very excited for that and excited for Junius. Would love to see the other schools do it. And listen, if one of you other schools decide to do it, let me know, and I will definitely get the word out. In fact, heck, I'll help you put it on. But uh, I, uh, I'm trying to think. The last time I messaged with his mom was late last week. I have not talked to her this week. I've been up to my eyeballs with work. Uh, one, of, one of my nine jobs, uh, got a big project due uh, Thursday morning and have been uh, really working on that over the last what, four or five days, actually the last couple of weeks altogether. And uh, I, I think maybe I'll tell you more about it as we get closer to it on Thursday or maybe even Friday morning when everything is done and the presentation is made and everything. But, uh, anyway, uh, I've been really busy, so I've not had a chance to talk to her. I know, and there's no way we're going to be able to go down this week. We're going to do our best to go see him next week. And, uh, just, just can't wait to see him. I know the last time I talked to her though, he is still, he's still not speaking yet. Uh, but, uh, he's in rehab and at a rehabilitation facility in, uh, Fayetteville, uh, only minutes away from his house where he grew up and where his parents live which was awesome because he was at Duke forever for the first two months, two and a half, three months or whatever. And that was really tough on them <coughs> because they were having to uh, stay up there. Now, they're both retired, thank God, but they were having to stay at a hotel up in uh, Durham. So I know this money is going to help offset some of that. Obviously, it's going to be a while before he works again, if he's able to work again. I hope he is. But uh, if you can help, and again, I appreciate everybody. There are several people who just message me all the time, wanting to know how he's doing, and I love it. It just, you guys love Junius, and again, it's just been really, it's been bizarre this first couple of weeks not having him uh, at football games. And he and I, we would always talk on Friday nights after football games if we were at different games. Then he would call me driving back from the game he was at. I'd call him, uh, and we would just compare our games and. You know, something amazing happens every Friday night at a high school football game. We would just, like I said, compare notes. And uh, and I just I miss my friend. I know you all do too. So uh, if you can help out, if you've already helped out, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know, a lot, again, 292 of you have. Uh, but if you haven't, and you find, even $5 will help, you can do that there. So, uh, again, I meant to do my Junius update yesterday. 
and didn't get around to it uh, because of just how busy we were. And we're never you all you make time for what's important. That's what I've been told. Okay. Uh, hey, let's thank uh, Lenore Community College. They are the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. We truly do appreciate them because for more than 65 years, Lenore Community College, <clears throat> excuse me, has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at LenoreCC. Uh, at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you, that's right, you can uh, change your life today. And again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you to uh, Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show, being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show since they've pretty much been since the first minute we started this show. Really do appreciate them. I got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woman Life for more than 10 years, and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring The Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. Let's take a look at uh, one last look at last Friday night scores uh, in high school football. Uh, man, one of the best games I've uh, seen and covered over the last uh, few years. And I think uh, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith would agree with me on this. Kinston rallied back from a 21-8 to deficit to uh, defeat Green Central 34-29. to And one of those games you just you hate to see either team lose. And I mean that sincerely because, uh, uh, obviously, Kinston played their butts off to come back and win that. Uh, Green Central uh, dominated the game early and then uh, just uh, – just fell back. Uh, just a, a good game, a very good game, well coached on both ends. But congratulations to the Vikings. I'll tell you what, man, we have got a star over at, uh, at Kenson High School, and he's only a sophomore. Tyreek Copper is going to be uh, something else. I mean, remember, go ahead and put that name down. Write it down. Uh, put it uh, in, in a safe place because I'm telling you something. He's already being recruited by D1 schools, and he's going to be a uh, he's an ACC talent. I mean, I can I've seen a lot of football through the years, and I can go ahead and tell you, the kid is an ACC talent, and he's only a sophomore. Uh, but uh, ended up with a winning touchdown the other night. Had a touchdown at the end of the first half that uh, was just amazing. But uh, I tell you what, uh, again, uh, the Vikings, man, they I don't know what to say about them. I, I can't figure them out. They lose against South Central, which makes me think that South Central might be a little bit better than we thought they were, but uh, but then uh, beat a very, very good Green Central team, and all that's going to do is make the Rams mad. Hey, other scores. South and Orr beat uh, Jones Sr. 42 to nothing. Uh, North and Orr lost at Farmville 74 to 36 at 74 points. 
the second most points ever surrendered by the Hawks and its second most points ever scored in a North North football game. And again, they've been playing every year since 1964. So the second most points, 110 points combined. And then the 74 that uh, North North gave up, that's the second most I've ever given up. Uh, Parrot Academy uh, rolled right over Northwest Halifax, 49 to 26. Aiden Grifton improves to 2 and 0 over Paul Cornwell, the 17 to 7 win. And then Bethel won a scrimmage. Uh, the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. Don't forget, we've got games on Thursday and Friday this week. We've got three games on Thursday, and we are doing the uh, the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week is at Arundel Parrot Academy. Very excited about that as we're going to be at Hodges Field. Wake Christian is 1-1. One one. They will be uh, at Parrot Academy, who is also 1-1. One one. Uh, the Bulldogs of Wake Christian, they beat uh, South Wake last week, but the first week of the season they lost to just powerhouse Charlotte Hickory Grove Christian, 49-14. to 14. Uh, Parrot, as you know, lost at Harold's on week one and then uh, did what they did to uh, Northwest Halifax last week. So uh, it's going to be a good game. Going to be a hard game to pick too, but Wake Christian at Parrot uh, Academy. Thursday, again, it's our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week, the pregame show. The Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show begins at 5. Uh, it'll go from 5 to 7. Myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, Paul Whittington, Keith Spence, and uh, who did I forget? Jason Bryant up in the press box. Uh, we'll be bringing you that game. Uh, and then uh, the other games on Thursday. North Lenore has their first home game of the year. So they'll take on uh, C.B. Acock out of Pikeville. Uh, the Golden Falcons are 2-0. and North Lenore is 0-2. Green Central is going to take out some pain at Wilson Petting Field. Uh, Green Central's 1-1. One one. Wilson Benningfield is 0-2. That's going to be a pretty good game. Well, I don't know. I think Green Central's going to roll to that win. Friday, there are three games. Uh, Kinston is at Aiden Grifton. Kinston is 1-1. One one. Aiden Grifton is 2-0. and oh. uh, Dixon is at South and North. South North is 1-1. One one. Dixon is 0-2. They've lost at East Duplin and then at home to Topsville, and neither one of the games were particularly close. 89-13. Dixon has been outscored. And then Jones Sr., will travel to North Duplin. Jones Senior is 0-2. North Duplin is 2-0. Jones Senior has been outscored 104 to nothing. And the Rebels of North Duplin, they have lost two games by a combined uh, three points. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough game for Jones Senior. I think it's going to be a tough season for Jones Senior. How about you down East Wood Ducks? They are 25-29 and 29 overall. They are in fourth place. In the uh, Carolina League North, they are seven games behind the hated Carolina Mudcats. But uh, they are on the road uh, for a six-game series in Zebulon. As you know, uh, Zebulon, the uh, armpit of the Carolina League. Isn't that right, Richard Clark? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love to, dude, that, you know how you know you're, you got a good friend? Hey, if you needed to bury a body, I, I know I could call you and say, Rich, uh, bring your shovel and lime, and uh, you, you you would be there. But also that I could call Zebulon the armpit of the Carolina League, and you'll just 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 back me up there, man. You're you're a good you're a good friend, Richard Clark. I've had enough practice with uh, the guys that are like, you know, tell 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 my wife that we were doing such and such. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, got to ask you, man. Uh, we both got engaged on the same day. We talked about that before, I guess, back on July 27th. Have y'all set a date yet? Because we've set our date. Uh, Linda and I have. have y'all set yours yet? No, we have not. What are you looking at? Not. Like, what, what, approximately? I mean, 
Uh, it might be a little bit. She's got to go home uh, to take care of some oh, stuff with the name right. change. You told me that. Yeah. You told so, me that. Uh, we have to deal with that first. And, and they still, they just had got a hurricane or typhoon over there. Just got out of that. And um, um, they still got some other issues, travel issues. Ironically, they had one of the FIBA um, games like within a mile of her mom's house. What? So, yeah. See, now that's when you should have planned your trip so you could have gone I, I didn't know. I didn't know. When I get on the phone with her, and, and again, you got to remember, she only speaks English to me, really. And she hasn't. Her husband's been gone. Gwen's dad's been gone since, I don't know, it's been like 30 years. So she doesn't get a lot of practice anymore. Yeah. So when we talk, you know, my English is not very good either. So it's kind of like this crazy <laughs> well, thing wait, back wait, and wait. forth. Did you just say your English is not very good? Yeah. Hers, hers is probably better than mine if we're being honest. Okay. Um, but she starts telling me, I got to tell you this and blah, blah, blah. And there's some basketball because she knows I like basketball, but she likes baseball. It's big over there. And she goes, it's F-I-B something. Oh and I'm like, God. Yeah, I'm like, FIBA? So while we're on the phone, I would Google it. And sure enough, they're playing at the Okinawa, um, you know, arena. And they had just built it a couple of years ago. And it's literally like a mile from our apartment. So I know pretty upset by that. I bet you are, dude. I absolutely <laughs> bet you are because that would have just been a built in trip to, you know, Hey, Hey, let's go visit your mom. Well, why aren't you visiting where the, why are you watching basketball all day at a, at an arena over here? <laughs> oh, they, they would have, she, she even told her mom said he would have loved it. We could have just dropped him off and he would have been great. So. That is too funny, man. That is too funny. Uh, well, let's talk about that a little bit. In fact, it was it was really cool. I was able to end the show yesterday. Uh, the game started about 8.37, 8.38, the uh, Americans and their game. And uh, I really thought, and I guess because I'm thinking of Giannis and all that, that uh, it would be a little, you know, that maybe he would have played. He didn't play in it, obviously. And the Americans just rolled over Greece, man. And they have now... I got to tell you this, and and I'm doing air quotes here, this no-name American team that doesn't have one all-NBA player on it, or do they? You can, you can fix me on You can correct me on that in a second. Uh, I don't think they do. I don't know. I don't think so. Brunson the was closest an all-ACC, thing, or uh, uh, all-NBA, was he? If he was, he was third team. So um, I don't think they do. I think you may be right on that. But still, this team that – you know, I, I don't know if it particularly passes the eye test or uh, initially if it passes the eye test. Again, I mean, I guess, the, you know, the top players on it are, are Brandon is definitely one of the top players on it and Brunson and a couple of the other guys that are on there. But my point being, they have looked good. And I, I know I don't even have to ask you. I know you've watched the first two games, as have I for the most part. And, dude, they have absolutely looked good in their first two games and have already advanced to the to the next round. And they've still got to play. <laughs> they've still got to play Jordan. And, no, it's not Michael Jordan. It's the country of Jordan, I guess. And, uh, dude, if there's a spread on that game, it's got to be 65 or 70, right? <laughs> right? It, it would probably be up there. They, I've watched all the games, even the showcase games leading up. And this team has kind of found a little groove. Uh, the rotation is a lot more steady than it was in the beginning. Steve Kerr and them. He's talking about a coaching staff. They got Mark Few from Gonzaga and 
the Heat coach, Spolstra, and and Steve Kerr, and Tyrone Luso. It's pretty good staff right there. Um, but this team has really come together, and they figured out who does what, I think, at this point. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. Like I said, I have been – and, again, I'm, a, I'm an NBA fan. I'm nowhere near what you are, but, I mean, I'm an NBA fan, and just to see how well this team has played together uh, and, and – like you said, I mean, the coach has just done so, the coaching staff has done such a great job of distributing the minutes, and uh, it doesn't seem like there are any egos really on this team. I, I've just been very impressed with now the coaching staff. They're the ones that put this team together, right? No, it was it was well. I'm sure they had some sort of say, yeah. But it was actually Grant Hill, <laughs> Grant Hill in his office, yeah. So for all the Carolina people out there. Well, hey, I tell you what, good for him then, dude, because they have done just a fantastic job. Uh, well, uh, let's be realistic. Would you would you really think that Grant Hill wouldn't do well at something of that nature? Well, he's very I mean, smart, he too. Yeah. I mean, that's, Baron, that's my point. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is uh, just a, a – all you got to do is hear him speak, and you realize yeah. he's like next-level kind of guy, sort of like a Steve Kerr, sort of like a – That's uh, right. Popovich, I mean, who, you know, they start talking about basketball and you realize, or not, or I do, maybe not you, you're, you're a basketball savant, but you realize, man, <laughs> this guy, this guy knows a, a heck of a lot. No, they, they know it. They know a little bit about it. Yeah. They know a little bit about it. They've done a good job. And and some of these guys have, have really checked their ego at the door. Um, but there's some guys that have really kind of stepped up. Um, you know, Austin Reeves has been great. Um, uh, obviously Edwards, but he didn't play so well in the first real game. You know, I mean, against Greece, he got a lot of turnovers. Paolo's been really, really good the last, during this run here. So it's been interesting to see. It's going to be, for me personally, it's going to be even more interesting to see where these guys end up in the league next year. Because as we said last time, lots of times what happens in this, in the Olympics or the World Cup, something of this nature is the guy they kind of discover that they're the star star and then they start acting like it well again i have been very impressed i love how they they almost and they're young well they're not young enough to be a college team but but they act like a college team i mean i re, i mean yeah. even uh bobby portis jr uh a big play happened and he was jumping up and down and slapping you know the guy on the back as he was running back to the huddle or coming back to the huddle and they do, man. It's just, hey, I got to ask you a question, though. Uh, and I just, mm-hmm. or I, again, Richard Clark, uh, Carter County News Times, Carolina Coast Online.com, joining us this morning on our Spence Automotive guest line. And I've got to ask you this, though, Rich. I saw someone pose a question, and I didn't even read the article, but it fascinated me enough that I wanted to ask you if this team was, uh, an, was an NBA team in and of itself, okay? Could, mm-hmm. it, could it win an NBA championship? Would it win the NBA championship? <laughs> it would That's be a good question, isn't it? Yeah, it, it would be tough. Um, it would be tough just because they do not have Giannis or Jovic or one of the studs. Um, they just don't have one. Now, it's not out inconceivable because you might be looking at the ascension of of Anthony Edwards and you know. They got a lot of talent, a lot of shooting. And so it's it's hard to say. I, I like this team. Obviously, you could build any team and say, hey, 
you know, we need this or we need that or whatever the case may be. But I really like this team. They are fun to watch. And they are specifically designed for how the international play is, to be honest. You know, they're long so they can defend. They have a little bit of trouble with the bigger, slower teams, the big men. But, you know, who doesn't anymore? Cause that just doesn't. But they can shoot. They put a team out there and they switch everything. And as good as Brunson's been, their best lineup has really been Halliburton and Reeves and Edwards uh, out there together. Uh, and that's been just a lethal lineup. So well, is- I, I would say it's 50-50. They could win one, but they need some luck with the officiating the way the NBA calls the stars, so oh, yeah. to speak. So. What would that team – what do you think that – okay, that team plays an entire 82-game season – uh, and then, like I said, uh, goes into the playoffs. Well, what's its record in the regular season, dude? Oh, they it, they would run people out of the building during regular season. Okay, I mean because they're so deep. I mean, the, one of the one of the big things that that's shown up in these showcase games and now the actual World Cup games is that when they re- drop the whole five because they kind of do the old Dean Smith thing, um, he at least goes four at the time that. It, they just hit the pedal down even more, and it's and nobody's been able to really keep up with that. And that's when you're starting to see like they start kind of slow, but you really see the change with when the second guys come in and the other team's a little bit tired, and you're bringing in you know studs really. <laughs> well, like I said, I just saw, uh, and again, I can't even take credit for that. And I, dude, I look at so many. No, I saw it. I, oh, you I saw agree. it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I did see it. I just I was like, and, and I agree. It, it would be an interesting exercise, wouldn't it? Oh God, uh, awesome. to see what would happen. It absolutely would. Okay, uh, I have had a hard time, dude. I've been to the FIBA site. I don't even know how. And as I was even talking to you right now, I was trying to find the box score from yesterday's game. Do you have it in front of you, or do you remember seeing? it? Oh, I do not, but I can find it, dude. It is I'm hard. Sure. Hey, it, don't go to ESPN. It's not at ESPN. It's not at NBA.com. I ended up having to go to the FIBA, what, FIBA.basketball uh, to to try to find it. And even now, like I said, as I was talking to you, I was trying to. Uh, Here it is. God. I got it on ESPN. Good God. Okay. How many did uh, Brandon, because I, I saw them for the game. Brandon game. was two, two for four. He had five points. Okay. Well, he had two points in the yeah. first game. He started yeah. both of them. I got to ask. I mean, our. I mean, they're winning, and I guarantee you, we both know, or I know Brand. Did we you know hear his comment? No. Allegedly, and again, I don't. I did not see this on any of the big sites, and so it could be one of those, you know, fake things. But allegedly, he said that um, he's struggling to fit in, but the team is playing so well that you know he's going not going to make any waves. So that's allegedly what he said. Now I do not know, and this was not uh something that's from you know that i would say i would hold in high regard it was just some random you know how it is yeah. on oh yeah yeah uh, on social media i think we forget sometimes that just because somebody's on social media doesn't mean it's media oh absolutely well and i, I was just gonna ask you about that i know he scored two points the first game i did was able to find the box for that five in this game so three and a half points through the first two games but again again I know him well enough to know it's almost like when he was at Kenston High. And yes, I'm comparing the USA team to Kenston High. But what I always liked about Brandon and even his big brother before him, Rich, was that 
Dude, they would play Sisters of the Blind. I'm not going to name any schools, but they would play Sisters of the Blind that he knew they were going to beat him by 35 points, and he would score. And seriously, he would score four or five or six points in that game. But, dude, when they played Farmville, when they played, uh, you know, a top-notch team, when they played in the Holiday Invitational, he would go for 28-30-32 because he knew the team needed his points that game. I, I wonder if there's – could we compare that a little bit to what he's doing right now? Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. I think it's a little bit – it goes more to – you know, we had questions all along about Brandon and Zion being able to be um, cohabitable, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and I wonder sometimes if Brandon's going to get lost in the shuffle. Because, honestly, when I watch him play – he kind of is a point guard, but he can't really defend the little ones. So you're you're kind of in this no man's land with how to how to play him. Um, you know, it almost be. I almost wonder if he wouldn't be better if you said, "Okay, we're gonna do this like the Lakers did Magic." They knew he couldn't defend anybody, not in not the small guards anyway. So they went out and got Byron Scott. And they had Michael Cooper to cover up those, you know, inability to cover the small chase, the smaller guys around. And I'm wondering if Brandon wouldn't be better off in a situation, you know, not the World Cup team, but in a situation where he was the lead ball handler all the time. And they just went out and found him a two guard that could get small enough to guard these little guys, the Damian Lillards of the world. Because I, I just see him out there, and it looks like he's far more effective when he's got the ball in his hand. So, you know, it's just thinking out loud. No, 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 no. I think it's as good analysis as any. And like I said, I just hey, – listen, I have zero concern. He's going to have a – well, no one scores more than, what, 18 or 20 points in these games anyway. Yeah. But, and he's going to have that game. He's going to have a – a four for five game from the three point range and, you know, hit three or four free throws. And he's going to have that 18, 19 point game here in this tournament. I mean, I know he's going to have it and nobody's going to come out of this for the Americans. And especially if they win it, which I got to tell you, man, I'm feeling pretty good about it. What the leading score is going to end up averaging 13 or 14 points a game for the Americans. Oh, oh, absolutely. 100%. If, if they average 15, they're doing something. Yeah. They've had to lean on somebody if the leading score ends up averaging more than 15 points a game. There you go. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think it's, I think this team is pretty well balanced, and I think everybody will have a shot at the table at some point to lead the team in scoring or whatever it is because they really they really are riding whoever's hot. Yep. You know, they, you can see Steve Kerr, that, you know, they play four quarters in FIBA. And you can see in the third quarter about halfway through that he's making his decisions on who's hot. As the lineups have been kind of the same, but he's tweaking every game. He's tweaking just a little bit. Well, it's exciting to watch. And again, with this, and I, I you know, I've seen several new or news sources, sports sources call them the no name team and they sort of are, but it just, again, in Steve Kerr, we trust, right? And Spolstra, you know, come on, really? And and let's be clear, in two years, this team may look completely different as a look back, you know what I mean? Because some of these guys are liable to be right there, push, knocking on the door of MVP candidates and things like that. And where Edwards is obviously 
Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been really good. Um, you know, we, Halliburton has been fantastic. And Paolo, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, what's Paolo, 20, 21? Something like that. So, yeah, I mean, and, and he looks like a monster. So, hey, last thing uh, on this, I've got, and I and I think you felt the same way I did. I noticed you tweeted, "Who are the guys calling this?" Uh, that was oh, they horrible. Plus. But I loved how they did Banchero. <laughs> yeah, they, they're Pablo so Banchero, bad though. Or Palo Banchero. I thought that was kind. Well, of Well, I, I was, I was, I think maybe they do some kind of international games as a as a team. Otherwise, because they are definitely pumping up some of the other teams, you know, and their, and their team play and all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe that's just the mission they gave them. But the one hour that had me out was the USA went zone for quick minutes. The first time they played zone in all the showcase games, you know, I've watched them all. I know you did. And, and they got two stops in a row and the guy didn't even notice it. Oh. And, and I was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on you, man. <laughs> Well, you should be able to point that out. That's a that's a no no. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, when we talk again next week, we will be in the uh, knockout stage of uh, of the FIBA yes. tournament. Uh, they've got one more game, like I said. I believe that's tomorrow morning, and I don't. And I've already closed out that window. Uh, I know. I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow morning, as we'll be getting off the air again. I, I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, again, knockout stage. So uh, a week from now, that we might even be close to the semifinals at that point. Uh, what? what can they win? They can obviously. They can win this thing, right? Oh, absolutely. They can win this thing. You're, you're looking at, you know, I think I think they end up with maybe Serbia. I mean, uh, uh, Luca's team is might be in their bracket at the next round, but Spain and, and Germany, they've already seen both of them. Slovenia, that's what it is. Um, so I think it's going to end up. You know, Germany and Spain, they've already played those teams. And those are the tough teams to play because they got NBA rosters, quite frankly, at least starters. Well, you ready for some ceiling floor? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's do it. By the way, uh, uh, we're doing uh, AFC North, NFC North. Okay. And right. uh, well, and we're going to get to it here in a second, but I got it. You know, uh, we've made no secret about it. You and I are huge, both of us huge fans of Bill Simmons, who came back last week. And did you notice he, he – and I was like, man, now people are going to think we – he did ceiling floor with something. Uh, yeah. And, and like I, yeah. I got a lump caught in my throat. I'm like, oh, my God, you and I have been doing it for a year now, and everybody's now going to think we stole it from uh, Bill Simmons. Well, but, he, 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 he did it. Did they do it with the NBA last year? I think they did. But he um, didn't call it so, ceiling you know. floor, though. No, I, I'm not sure what they called yeah. it, but it, it's it's all right. And he was talking to somebody. If we, was, if we would get that famous, we'd be good. <laughs> yes, we would, absolutely. Let's start with the AFC North, and uh, I am looking at as of uh, as we're recording, or recording, well, we are recording, but as we're uh, doing this live here at 7.43 a.m. on Tuesday, August the 29th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, here are the, according to VegasInsider.com, uh, the, uh, the opening odds for, the AFC North. And this is to win the AFC North. Uh, I, you know what? Before I, you're not looking at numbers, are you? No. Who do you think is picked to win the AFC North? You know, you you would think they would pick Cincinnati. It is. We're going by Vegas. No, 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 no. That's right, Cincinnati. I don't know. I don't know why I was surprised by that, but I don't. I just. 
I was a little bit surprised by that, but Cincinnati, they've got it plus 125. Uh, they've got the Baltimore at plus 240, Cleveland at plus 360, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 600. And then what we didn't even talk about last week with uh, <coughs> the NFC East and AFC East, but uh, the win totals. They've got uh, Cincinnati at 11.5. They're over-under at 11.5 games to win. And then Damn, Vegas is good. Yeah, they are. And then... But here's what's crazy. What I just told you about, plus 240 for Baltimore, plus 360 for Cleveland, plus 600 for Pittsburgh. All three, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, all of them, eight and a half over under. And that that's okay. the one that confused me. But uh, you look at a Pittsburgh team that, you know, has not had a, a losing season since Tomlin has been there. I mean, just what, what a heck of a job he's done. And they're still saying they have. there's a very strong chance he won't lose again this year. But let's go ahead and jump into this here. Uh, Cincinnati, oh, uh, ceiling floor for them, Richard Clark. Well, I would say their ceiling is 13, 13 and 4. But, again, I mean, we're talking about Joe Burrow. What, what's going on there? Yeah. Do you have an update? Because I don't. And I looked prior to the show. So, is he good? If he's not good, if he starts slow again, um, they have some real problems in their secondary. So if Burrow's not 100%, you know, we can jump straight to the floor and they might only win eight games. Wow. So 13 and fours are ceiling, eight and nine is their floor. And I'm with you. There, uh, I was in a big fantasy league last night or fantasy draft last night and somebody drafted Joe Burrow uh, relatively early. And now bear, bear in mind, dude, this was an 18 team league that we were drafting in last night. Yeah, exactly. Wow. 18 teams and uh so he was picked i don't know in the fourth round fifth round something like that and somebody uh, posted hey i don't think joe burrow is going to play the first two weeks of the season and then that that person who just drafted joe burrow i think swallowed their tongue and uh drafted a quarterback in the next round too just to help in case of that but i'm with you dude there's a good chance uh who knows what his health is but tell you what where, where does he right now a healthy joe burrow where is he in the uh, the pantheon of NFL quarterbacks right now? We're talking about the ones on the field right now? That are on the field. Yeah, yeah not of all time. Yeah, yeah. of on the field for, right for now me, here in 2023. For me personally, he's number two right now. Behind? Behind Mahomes. Okay, okay. I just was wondering. I mean, let's, wondering. let's call it like it is. You know, to be great at any sport, you have to hit certain markers along the way. And Mahomes is the only one the only one that can currently say I've hit the markers to catch Brady period. Wow. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, if you're, if you're trying to catch Tom Brady, you got to get to what? Nine. <laughs> Dude, nine he, Super Bowl he ten, didn't he? I thought he went to 10. Well, and, yeah, you may be right. I mean, I, I hate him so much. I made it blocked <laughs> out for a year. Well, you know what though? No, you may be right. I, because what he was six and three. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Where? Nine. Yeah. So so you have to get before halfway mark of your career, you gotta be looking at four, right? Wow. I mean minimum. And Mahomes is the only one there right now. Dude, so, dude, I gotta ask you this, and I know we're getting off on a tangent and we've only done one of the eight teams and we've got thirteen <laughs> minutes left. But I've gotta ask you this, dude. When you see like the quarterback situation right now in uh Arizona, which is just God, it's oof. it's crazy. You can't tell me Tom Brady couldn't step in right now in Arizona and beat any of the quarterbacks that are out there on that field right now. You he can't. 100% can. Look, I've I got a guy that, in my opinion, is in the top probably eight, maybe seven, 
And right now, if you came to me and say, hey, Tom wants to play one year, you good? I'd be like, yep. Wow. Come on. Oh, I know. That's that's what I think of him. And he and he's how old now? But I, I watched that 46. last year and yeah, I watched the last year in Tampa and it won't him. That's all I know. It wasn't him. Oh, I know. And if you can give him a little bit of protection, what all the other stuff he brings to the table is, you know, you're in the game. So that's they gotta believe in your quarterback. And your quarterback in the NFL now, your quarterback has to win at least one game in the playoffs that he's not supposed to win. Your team's not supposed to win. And how many guys actually give you that shot? Four. No, you're right. You know? You're at it's just not. And, no, no, and look, no, no, that number doesn't change much. You know, you go back 10 years, there's still only three or four. It just doesn't change that much. You know, you got two or three, four elite, and then you got five or so that are really good, and then there's everybody else. That's, it's always like that in this league. Okay. Well, we've always. got to, we've got to speed up. We've got what twelve okay, minutes go. left and seven teams to go. Uh, AFC North, uh, Baltimore plus two forty. They've got OBJ. They've got Lamar Jackson sewed up for a few seasons now. Uh, they drafted a, another wide receiver for him. You got to think Lamar Jackson. You know, never won a playoff game. Could this be the year that a they make the playoffs and b that maybe he wins his first playoff game? Well, I'll say their ceiling is eleven because of Lamar. Okay. okay. But that, but I'm gonna say their floor is six because that defense is not very good. Yeah, you're right. Go back, go around, look at that defense. It's not very good. And how weird is that to say about the Ravens? I mean, if there's one thing That's the right. Ravens have been famous for, it's been that hey, uh, we may not and have a great offense, up. but our defense will bring us through. You know. That's right, and they're banged up already. Wow. So, yeah, it might be a long year in Baltimore, well, particularly you. if that new offensive coordinator and Lamar don't gel. I've got a couple of shares of Lamar in fantasy, and I'm hoping that him being happy and all that is going to result in uh, some uh, good fantasy numbers. But, hey, we're not talking fantasy. We're talking about real football. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, dude, everybody, myself included, I thought Deshaun Watson was going to be – you know, I mean, he was. He was a top-five quarterback before all that stuff happened in Houston. And I really, you know, and I thought him going to Cleveland, he would, you know, when he got a chance last year, he would get it turned around. He would play great. Dude, I'm a little bit worried that Deshaun Watson, I, that me, he may have already peaked, dude. Yeah, that you definitely, if you're a Cleveland Brown fan, you should be worried about that. Because really, he hasn't been good in three years now. So you should be worried. Now, I'm also willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because a year off in the NFL is, is a hard deal. You know what I mean? So, you know, I guess we'll give him a little bit of a, of a, some string on this, but a leash on this. But I don't know, man. He looked bad last year. Yeah. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was better than him, and Brissett is – I wouldn't have Brissett as my backup. <laughs> well, he's the Washington backup, so thanks a lot, okay? We, yeah, yeah <laughs> very much appreciate it. Over on – or not over under, I'm sorry. Ceiling floor, Cleveland Browns. Well, I'm going to say 11 wins for them because if Deshaun comes back, but I'm going to say five if Deshaun is who he was. They got a lot of talent on that team, though. Yeah, they really do. Okay, so, last they one. They do. My favorite coach in the NFL, and he has yes, been. Me too. Dude, he has been. Can, can you imagine what he could do with your roster? Can you imagine I, I what he could do? I don't even. I know. 
<laughs> but we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin. And, dude, here's how I could tell you Mike Tomlin is a pretty damn good coach, man. You never heard – and I thought, okay, I think I'm stealing this from you, so if I am, let me know because God knows there are no original thoughts anymore, and I think I actually am stealing this from you. But we did not know Antonio Brown was a knucklehead. We had no yeah. idea – then he gets out into the wild, and we see exactly how. And which show, but which shows you what a great coach Mike Tomlin was. Same thing for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you know, I yeah. thought Le'Veon Bell was just this workhorse, a great guy. He gets away from Pittsburgh, and we see what a knucklehead he is, dude. Mike Tomlin's just—I think he's a heck of a coach. He's a heck of a maybe he's not the best X's and O game manager type player or a coach, but dude, I would take him as my coach seven days a week and uh i don't even know the adage there but he he, he and twice on sunday there you go that's he, it. he and he and the guy for tennessee uh i would take in a heartbeat yeah. both of them either one of them i'm telling you dude, i think I they're the best game coaches in football there you go well uh again keeps the streak going has never had a losing season as the sealers head coach and and, and you, with a did team, you hear that stat no. on, that they had on bill's show no you know the last time that the Cleveland Browns finished ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> in the standings was? No. 1989. God. Dude. Can you believe that? Dude, I was just two years out of high school then, man, and I'm old. I was just two years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, can't believe I didn't do this first. How was your birthday, man? Your birthday was over the weekend. How did y'all oh, celebrate? It's, it's, uh, we didn't do much. I, I haven't been feeling well. I've, I've got some stomach issues going on so i've got to figure out as a matter of fact i'm going to the doctor tomorrow to figure out what's going on doggone so, i'm sorry to hear that man oh but, it's uh, all right but happy it's birthday uh we i hope you yeah. heard the birthday game last week uh yeah uh, john and jonathan did their richard clark impression which i thought was oh pretty great awesome. yeah. really all the, all you, you know how you do a richard clark impression right uh, you, 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 put, you put your hand oh. over. You put your hand over the mic like this, and you go, hi, 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 "It's time for the quiet storm." <laughs> that's. I'm gonna get John one of these days, dude. That's been his go-to for a decade, probably more than that, actually, twelve or thirteen years now. Just you know, drop it down and knock it to him. But again, see the secret. The secret is putting your hand over the mic like this, and you know, <laughs> it, it even drops it down a little bit further. You do have, dude. You you go down there. Hey, Pittsburgh, uh, ceiling floor. I, I like Pittsburgh. Let's say twelve. Oh wow! And a lot of it, yeah. I think Kenny Pickett might be pretty good. Um, and if he is just average, that team's going to be good. Okay. And then I'm going to say seven is okay. four. Well, because Tomlin's not going to let him be terrible. He's not okay. One through four: Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Yes. Oh, is that the order? No, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland. There you go. Okay, which saves uh, which gives us five minutes to knock out the four teams in the NFC North, which to me is as interesting a division as any of them, man. I mean, uh, Vegas is saying Detroit's going to win at plus 145. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? But then the other three teams are just a toss-up. Minnesota at 310. Green Bay Packers at plus 330. And Chicago at plus 380, dude. That, to me, man, that is about as close as you can get. Hold on. I'm pulling up their uh, over-under for uh, victories. Da, 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 da. Where are we? Detroit at nine and a half. 
Minnesota yeah. at eight and a half, and the Green Bay and Chicago both tied at seven and a half, dude. Uh, let's start with Detroit. Over under for our uh, ceiling floor for uh, Detroit. I know it's a trendy pick to make the playoffs by everybody, so I'll give them 11 just because, you know, the division. I'd say if somebody dominates this division, they're going to end up with a pretty good record. Yeah. So I'll say 11 wins. What about their floor? It's still Jared Goff, man. So, <laughs> you know, I'm and the Detroit Lions. Do we really believe, you know, I'm Four old enough two, to know man. better. Dude, but, man, their coach is – I fell in love with him during uh, Hard Knocks. Yeah. Uh, last, I'm not a, this, I'm part, not this year, but last year. Oh, God, I hope you're wrong. I, I mean, I, they're, I, they're, I they're, they're, too, my, they're my girlfriend team or my girlfriend uh, – team i think dude yeah i'm kind of going back to washington but dude i swear there's just in the back of my head i'm like man I, so they're your side chick they're my side yeah there you go they're my side piece man is uh detroit but okay the minnesota vikings who say what you want to man but kirk cousins is he's as steady as they come and he's not spectacular he's not you know He's not going to throw for 550 yards, but he, you know what? He's going to throw for that 350 and uh, two or three touchdowns and an interception pretty much every game, dude. You know, Kirk Cousins is basically the generic version of Tony Romo. <laughs> and how do you? He's the one. He's the one with the black and white label. Yeah, let me be your psychologist for a second here, then, uh, Rich. So, how do you feel about that? Hey, look, I love Tony. I, uh, I don't particularly care for Kirk Cousins. T Tony carried us, man. We had some really bad teams that, that were in the hunt because of Tony. Everybody forgets that. But uh, I digress. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, have you ever really seen him perform well in a big game, though? Not in a big game, no. He'll Hey, uh, what, when Detroit plays Arizona this year, and I'm sure they will, uh, he'll go for four touchdowns and 420 yards yeah. in that game, dude. But let him, I, I, let him I, take on the Bears in a game that matters, and he's going to throw for 170 and a touchdown and three interceptions, dude. Well, and that pick, that thing at the end of the playoff game last year was heroic. Yeah. I mean, I can't even believe. Oof, so, now, I, I don't know. You, I'm, and I know we're up against the clock, but have you watched any of that quarterback series? I started it. But I'm not a fan of his. He's kind of killing it for me. If I could get past him and just have the other two guys, I would be okay with it. Dude, you but are I don't so really, I don't like Kirk Cousins. Dude, and I'm the uh, – long story short, take, you took the words out of my mouth. I cannot stand watching him. I didn't like him when he was Washington. Uh, and he's just – he's so milk toast, uh, white bread. Uh, give me another uh, analogy here. Just yeah, boring. I don't he's like it in bed. Yeah, he's yeah. just – he's. He probably wears khaki. I guarantee you he does. No, he wears brute. I guarantee he wears yeah. brute cologne, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota, ceiling floor. Well, I'll say 10. Okay. Um, and I'll say that floor is five because I'm not sure about that defense. Yeah. Um, that defense might be really bad. They've lost some guys, too, so we'll see. Well, they have the best receiver in the game. Justin Jefferson is a stud. All capital letters are okay. Uh, Green Bay. Uh, it's the Jordan Love. Uh, it's the Jordan Love affair now. Again, they're picked third. Well, how you got Green Bay ceiling floor? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ten ceiling and floor is four. Because do we really think this guy's good? No, not at all, dude. See, that's I... the problem. And in this league, man, you have got to at least have confidence. That's why I think the red, uh, the commando is gonna be okay. Commandos. <sighs> 
Yeah, I can't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, I know, I can't either, man. It's like a damn they need, they need to go back and change it to red commandos at least. <laughs> oh, my God. Chicago, ceiling floor. Uh, I'm going to say ceiling is five, chin, and the floor is five, four. There you go. Okay. Because uh, I, don't, I don't know if I believe in Justin Fields yet either. Yeah, I think he's got the lay. I think he uh, now fantasy wise, dude. Yeah, this is where fantasy versus reality is just all messed up. Fantasy wise, Justin Fields is going to be a top five quarterback, man, because of his legs. He's going to score ten or eleven touchdowns this year, probably. Seriously, he, he's really going. to I mean, on, with his legs, he may run for more touchdowns than he throws for. Rich. Yeah, we'll see about that, man. All I know is this: that running around stuff. We always see what happens to that. There you go. Okay. Hey, we, the, no, no, no. One through yeah. four, uh, Detroit, Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago. How you got them finishing? I'm going to go uh, Detroit, Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago. There you go. Just like Vegas says. Richard Clark, you're the best, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you next week here on the show, dude. All right. Thanks Thank for having so me. Much. That is Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Coming up. In our next hour, Drew Loftus from the New York Post here on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. He's going to talk some fantasy football and uh, just get you called up. Everybody, I've got a draft tonight. I've got like two more drafts, and Drew's going to help me with that here on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.